If you have your copy of God's Word, would you take it and turn with me to Acts chapter 13. As we usher out this year and uh, usher in a new year, we pray that God's blessings attend to us, but we also pray that uh, it will be enriching for all of us. And uh, there's so many things going on, I will make uh, some announcements uh, at the conclusion of the service today, but this evening at 5.30, there will be a uh, gathering uh, in the fellowship hall uh, for uh, snacks, uh, finger food, uh, fried chicken, uh, pies and cakes of every kind, and uh, of course you you're bringing all of that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, but uh, but we'll, it, it's a it's a time in fellowship uh, as we close out this year and usher in a new year. Uh, by the way, our ball will drop about seven o'clock. Because uh, many of us can't stay up or don't stay up. Our, our clock winds down before 12 o'clock uh, tonight. So uh, I, I hope you're aware of that and will take that time to, to share with us. We look forward to it. Okay. Acts chapter 13. In honor of God's word, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Pray with me. Holy Spirit of God, move mightily upon this congregation. We are thankful that today, our Father, as we gather together, we are gathered in your name and we are gathered to worship you and to praise your name. So we pray today, our Father, that in Christ Jesus, our Lord, we would be mindful to praise you, to glorify you, to worship you. And Lord, that we would lift up our hearts and minds, our hands, to be open to your Holy Spirit speaking to us wooing us, and calling us to Yourself. And that, Lord, as we worship You and praise You today, we would be strengthened by Your Holy Spirit's Word to us, message to us, from Your Word, and from the Living Word, that we would attune our hearts and lives to You. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. And I'm going to pick up with verse 4 and read through verse 12. 
So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, and seeing the sun for a time, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. The spiritual marks that distinguish a believer is here enumerated in this chapter. It's enumerated for the rest of the world to see and to experience. Acts chapter 13, in fact, is a turning point for the Gentiles and the entire Roman world. It was from this dynamic experience that took place in this chapter that the growing spirit-controlled life of the believer took place not only at Antioch, but was experienced by many other believers. It became a, it became a flag for the believers to be in in experience of Christ, in experience of the filling and power of the Holy Spirit, that this flag of missions and ministry became unfurled as a characteristic of the Spirit-filled life and on display for all believers to see what we are supposed to be as believers today. So what I want to share with you today in this message is actually God's call to His walk and work for the believer. So as we transition, and that's a good word because that's essentially what we are in at Corinth Baptist Church, the transition. As we transition from 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 2023 into 2024, all of us as believers need to see that characteristic that is ours as we go out into the world today and live the Christian life. What is that characteristic most above all 
that characterizes us differently from many other faiths, many other beliefs, many other religions. In fact, I, I stand to uh, correct us that Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a faith, a faith to be lived out, a faith to be uh, experienced and to live out for the fullness of Christ to the fullness of Christ in our everyday walk of life. So as we go through Acts chapter 13, I want you to see three particular characteristics of the Christian life and calling. The first is found in verses 1 through 3, and that is specifically the calling. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Uh, we will know him later as Paul. And they ministered to the Lord, they fasted, as they ministered and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and then they sent them away. Every believer has been called to missions. We have several that are going on a mission trip not long from now. But... We have, I believe it is five families in this uh, church, Corinth, that we have, that has been called specifically to missions and overseas missions, uh, most of them, and they've gone out from here to different places to minister. That's marvelous. That's wonderful. But every believer has been called to missions. It's not just those who go across the foreign fields, and it's not just those who go across lands and local ministry. It's you and I who have been called to missions out into our world. It may be into the world where you live. It may be in that community. It may be into a further community that's expanded where you work, where you play. It may be where you shop. We have been called to missions. We've been called to that by Christ Jesus. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 gives us that calling. Go and make disciples of all the people all over the world. So wherever you go, whatever you do, it is to make disciples of Christ and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to do everything I have commanded you, Jesus said. And remember... I'm with you. I'm with you. Everywhere you go, I'm with you. You don't go by yourself. You don't go alone. You go with me. If we are being true, characteristically Christian, wherever we go, on our way to make disciples, we are following Christ and we go with Christ and His Spirit. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to testify of me in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
the end of the world, wherever it leads, how far it is. No distance is too far. Nothing is too extreme in how far and the direction and places we go. And it's our turn. The gospel has been transferred. It's been passed down to you and I. And here in 2024, that's coming up in just a few hours. It's our responsibility. It's your responsibility. It is every believer's responsibility to go. Go. As you are going, wherever you go, as you go, your calling and my calling as a Christian, as a believer, is to go and to make disciples. Those who've been saved need to adhere to this calling and heed this calling and really understand it. How do we understand it? Verses 1 and 2 tell us that the church at Antioch was there with certain teachers living out what God had called them to live out, and they ministered as they ministered, as they fasted, as they worshipped, as they were going along their pathway, God said to them, spoke to them through the Holy Spirit, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. There is that calling that first and foremost we have to recognize. You've been called. I've been called. We've been called to be missionaries. That simply means we've been set apart for a specific ministry. In this particular case, Paul and Barnabas were called to go out and to go to different places. If you've ever looked at and followed Paul's missionary journeys, you know that Paul went far and wide. He didn't stay in one place, didn't stay in one town. He went from town to town, from place to place, from Corinth, Philippi, Judea, Jerusalem. He went everywhere. He was called. God calls people to many works. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 give us that calling and give us those uh, directions that He is called and who He is called for certain purposes. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ Jesus, from whom the whole body joined together, knit together by every joint supplying according to the effective working by which every part does its part, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That's what we are about. That's each of us playing our own part in the body, 
of Corinth. Let's deal with Corinth Baptist Church. Every believer has a duty, has a responsibility, has a calling. Every believer, every person that's a member of of Corinth Baptist Church, we have that calling. So we have that responsibility to fulfill that calling of Christ Jesus our Lord. If we lack fulfilling our responsibility, there ain't nobody else who can fill that responsibility, who fills our place. No one does. There are people who come behind us, there are people who come along with us, but no one can take our place. We have been called to that specific task. The Holy Spirit said, separate for me Barnabas and Saul to the work that I've called them. God has called you. If you are a believer, if you're a member of Corinth Baptist Church today, Christ Jesus has called you to a specific calling. And He sets you apart for that calling. Every Christian is called to that calling. He's not called everyone to be a preacher. It's not what I'm saying. He's not called everyone to be a teacher. But He has called you to a certain task. And particularly a missions task. A missionary task. That is to share a witness of Jesus Christ. Who He is. Sent out. They've not only been called, set apart, but also sent out. Uh, Then having fasted and prayed, verse 3, they laid hands on them and sent them away or sent them out. So, God has called us. Matthew 28, we keep that in mind. There is a calling upon every Christian, every believer. And that calling is to make disciples as we are going along the pathway of life. Work, whether it's play, whether it's exercising, uh, whether it's shopping, uh, it doesn't make any difference where it is, but it is missions. Everywhere we go, it's being sent out because that's who the Lord has set us apart and set us out to be and to do. We support missions. Lottie Moon, we're still receiving the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. That will go through the end of January. But that goes to support missions. Those on the mission field, it is to help them to not have to worry about the uh, getting the monies up for themselves. It is to support missions and the missionaries who go out as the Lord has called them. He may have called some of us in missions to be mission supporters in so many different ways, in so many different areas. But He's called us all to go and to be on mission for the Lord Jesus. Now, not only is it that He has called us, that's one characteristic. The second characteristic is that of commitment. He has called us with a commitment. Look at verses 4 through 13. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So, On their way from Antioch, they went to Seleucus, they went to Cyprus, 
Verse 5, And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jew. They also had John as their assistant. That's John Mark, the writer, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, disciple that went with them on the way and also at some point turned back and went back home and went away from them. That Paul refused to take with them on their missionary journey because he had turned back. But then at some point, Mark recommitted his life to Christ and recommitted and submitted and surrendered his life to Christ. And Paul said later, he is valuable to me. He is worth something to me. Send him on. Bring him on my way. When they had gone, verse 6, they had gone through the island of Paphos. They found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Uh, who sought to turn away. That's what false prophets do. They seek to turn away people from the faith. They seek to turn away from those being witnessed to, those being drawn by the power of God and His Word to turn to Christ, to trust Christ as their Lord and Savior. False prophets seek to diminish the Word of God, the, the ministry of Christ. They seek to be false teachers, and some of them can even creep into churches. Now, we're studying that on Wednesday night in the book of Jude. We, we should finish that up this Wednesday night, but that's what we've been talking about, apostate and the apostasy. And the apostasy is here today, but there's a major apostasy coming. Verse 8, But Elimus, the sorcerer, for that's his name translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. And then Saul, Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. I can imagine what that intense look was. And then listen to what Paul said and how he addressed him. Oh, full of all deceit, who wants to be cussed out? Anybody? It, this, is, this, was, this was the right way to really tell a person off. Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. You shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time, and immediately a dark mist fell on him. And he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Now, buddy, I'm going to tell you what. If you, you want to be told off, <laughs> don't go anywhere near the Apostle Paul. I mean, you know, God, God's servant, speaking the truth of the Word of God and the will of God, and then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now, when Paul... And his party set sail from Paphos. They came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John departed from them. See, that's when he left, and he returned to Jerusalem. But the proconsul believed. Wherever they went, wherever Paul and Barnabas went, called of God, sent out by the church, acknowledged by the church, sent out by God, there was a commitment that they made, a commitment Paul and Barnabas made to the Lordship of Christ in their lives, to be missionaries 
wherever they went. They did this before they stepped out. The church at Antioch acknowledged the call of God upon their lives and joined in the Lord by sending them out themselves. They surrendered their lives. So being sent out, verse 4, by the Holy Spirit, they went down and went out. They surrendered their lives to Christ. Verse 5, they spoke the Word of God. They were committed to the Lord's work. They were committed to being missionaries. They were committed to being surrendered to the Lordship of Christ over their lives. They didn't question it. They didn't wonder about it. They spoke it. The Apostle Paul, standing in the place that he stood, sharing the witness of the Lord Jesus, sharing the Word of God with the people who ever he came in touch with, and in the power of God spoke the Word of God against Paulus, that false prophet. Preach means to proclaim or promulgate. In the words, in one word, they declared the Word of God. And they were not silenced, verses 6 through 11. The opposition is always going to be there. There's always going to be someone who does not want to hear the gospel, and certainly doesn't want you or me to share it. But the point is, if we've been called, if we've been set apart, we have the power of God upon our lives. Acts 1.8 You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You'll be witnesses to me, for me, by me, called out, set out, set apart for my calling. Don't be silent. The Holy Spirit's filling is necessary to be Holy Spirit controlled. But Barnabas and Saul, Spirit-filled, Spirit-controlled, spoke God's Word without any reservation, hesitation at all. So, Let me just say to you as a believer, you have the power of God upon your life. You have God's Holy Spirit not only filling your life, but upon your life to go and speak the Word of God in His witness, as His witness, speaking and sharing the love of Jesus Christ, the characteristic of calling and commitment. They are distinguishing marks in the Christian's life of missions and missionaries and Christians. But there's a third characteristic. And that characteristic is communication. Verses 14 through the end of the chapter. We see that fulfilled through Paul and Barnabas. Verse 14, But when they departed from Perga, They came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them saying, Men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, 
if you take my hands away, I don't know how to preach. And I think that was the Apostle Paul. I cannot walk around with my hands behind my back because there are expressions I need to set out. You need to hear and I need to say and I need to be able to be free and, and, and preach it. Listen, there is communication. Sometimes communication is with the hands. Sometimes it's with the mouth. Sometimes it's with the look. But in all we are communicating the Word of God. As we speak, what did they communicate? What did Paul and Barnabas communicate? They communicated the gospel of Jesus Christ from Moses to Jesus. His crucifixion, His death, His burial, His resurrection, and His coming back. Their message was received by the Gentiles. Turn over to verse 42. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. What was happening? What was going on? Paul and Barnabas preaching in the synagogue. This is the the Jewish temple, the Jewish uh, place. We can call it a church. That would be what we would call it. But it's the Jewish synagogue. It's the place where the Jews met. Uh, And I can read on for you. Verse 15, After the reading of the law, the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue, sent for them to say, Say on. So then Paul got up, Men of Israel, verse 16, And you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out. Now for a time of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. So they've begun with Moses. They've begun with telling what God had done from Moses, through Moses, with leaving Egypt out in the wilderness. And they traveled for those 40 years, and they disobeyed God. They would return to God. They would disobey God. They would return to God. God destroyed in the land of Canaan, the promised land, seven nations. And, 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 and folks, I, I've got to say this, so please hear me. The land of Israel... And that land that is being fought over there in Israel is Israel's land. It is Israel. It belongs to Israel. You can argue with God all day long if you want to. You can argue with the Word of God if you want to. It belongs to Israel. You cannot take it away from them. Because God gave it. It's God's land. God gave it. And he gave it to the children of Israel. And that, it's still theirs today. 
It's still theirs. It's on the book. Look at it here in the Word of God, and when you get to heaven, if you're a child of God and you get to heaven, read it from the book there. It belongs to the children of Israel. He distributed their land to them by allotment. Verse 20, after that he gave them judges for about 450 years. And afterward they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, and ultimately David. And, and when he had removed him, he raised up for them David, verse 22, as king to whom also he gave testimony, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus Christ. So all the way back to the Old Testament, God's plan was to bring the children of Israel out, give them their own property, their own land, their own nation, their own king, their own people. Verse 24, And after John had first preached before his coming and baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. The Jews here, you'll take notice, refused to receive their message. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. And through and though they found no cause for death in him, Christ, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. And when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree, laid him in a tomb, but God raised him from the dead. Marvelous, marvelous message. I can't imagine how long their message was. I can't imagine how long they preached that day. But I can tell you this. It was no short five words and or, or three points and then a poem and ended it there. They preached Jesus. From Moses to Jesus, His death, His burial, His resurrection, and His soon return. Verse 31, He was seen for many days by those who came up with Him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are His witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that He has raised up Jesus, as it also is written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have begotten you and that he raised him from the dead no more to return to corruption, he has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore he also says in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Jesus Christ. 
Therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sin. And by him everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware therefore lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despisers marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, that's when the Gentiles begged for these words to be preached to them again the next Sabbath. And when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, speaking to them, persuading them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken of by Paul. The communication that was made. Here it is. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay your sin debt. If you will trust in Him and receive Him into your heart and life, repent of your sins, turn from your sins, and turn to trust Jesus Christ and His death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, you can be justified free by the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and you can have life abundant and eternal. That was what was communicated. That's what they said. That's what they passed on. The Jews, for envy, that was the whole thing with Jesus himself. They envied what his message was of forgiveness and love. An abundant life, complete life, meaningful life, purposeful life, right now. And eternal life with Him forever. That was the communication. Notice the ones who received it. The Gentiles received it. The Gentiles said, come back next Saturday. Come back next Sabbath day. Sabbath is Saturday, folks. It's not Sunday. Sunday is the day in which we as believers worship Christ because that's the day He rose from the dead. We don't worship on the Sabbath day. That's Saturday. We worship on Sunday, the Lord's day. And we believed Him the the, the Gentiles wanted him to come, wanted them to come back the next Saturday and teach and preach. The thief, the Bible says in John 10, 10, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I came that you may have life and that you will have it abundantly, completely, meaningfully, purposefully. And Jesus went on to say in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one, 
No one comes to the Father. You can't get to heaven but by Jesus. Friends, there ain't abundant ways to get to heaven. There's not abundant ways to get forgiveness. There's only one way. One way. And yes, that is one extreme way. It's separation from all of the other world religions that have many ways. Only one way is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and Him only can you be saved. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no one comes to the Father except by me, Jesus. You can't get there any other way. There's only one. There's only one. The communication was Jesus Christ. And the communication was received by the Gentiles. It was refused and refuted by the Jews. Verses 45. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. And then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary the word of God should be spoken to you first, Jews. But since you reject it, and you judge it, Jews, yourself, you, you determine yourself unworthy. Listen, they determine themselves unworthy of everlasting life. Paul said, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. You've made that determination yourself. We don't make it. We go to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Friend, the Lord God called and set Barnabas and Paul apart. They made a commitment to be his voice in the world, to witness to the world. Received by the Gentiles, rejected by the Jews. And so they went on their way. Verse 48, now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. And they glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. The word of the Lord was being spread. How was it being spread? Barnabas and Paul. Hold on, hold on. Barnabas and Paul. But listen. The Gentiles received it. The Gentiles accepted it. They believed in Jesus Christ. And all that were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. Why? Because every believer went everywhere they went spreading the word. They were missionaries themselves. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women. And the chief men of the city raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled and kicked them out of the city, out of the whole area. But look at what Paul and Barnabas did. They shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. 
their communication was the gospel of Jesus Christ. Received by the Gentiles, rejected by the Jews, but rejoiced by the disciples who believed. And Paul and Barnabas rejoiced having been kicked out of the region, not just the city, not just the church, the whole region. They rejoiced. They were happy. They praised the Lord with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean for us today as we close out 2023 and go into the year 2024? Listen, it's not going to stop. I mean, time's not going to stop tonight. It's not going to stop for any of us. It's going to keep marching on. The question is, will we keep marching on? The question is, as 2023, we look at it in the rearview mirror tomorrow. What will we be in 2024? Will we go on as Paul and Barnabas did? We are on a missionary journey. We've been called to represent Calvary's heroes. Is there a commitment in your heart and your life to do whatever it takes to get the message of the gospel out to people wherever you go? We must be committed to do whatever it takes. We must communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to our world because there are still so many that do not know Jesus. And there are still many that are going to die in their sins and they will split hell wide open. You and I, Corinth Baptist Church, have been sent here, set here for a particular purpose and a particular time such as this. Will we be faithful? In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. No other name. No other name. So let me ask you this today. Do you know, are you here today under the sound of my voice? Do you know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know that you are saved? Do you know that you're going to heaven when you die? You can know, despite what many people say, you can know for certain that you have eternal life. Do you know Jesus Christ and the full pardon of sin? You can today. Just a few moments, we're going to give you an invitation. That invitation is to come and say, I want to trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior today before 2024 gets here. Because we don't know when we are going to go to heaven. We don't know when we're going to die. So we don't know when we're going to heaven. We don't know when we're going to die. And that ends the possibility of ever becoming a Christian.
So are you saved today? Why not make sure? One. Two. Christian, are you faithfully living out what the Lord God has called you here in Acts chapter 13 to do and to be? Are you faithfully living it out, fleshing it out? You can today. Recommit your life to Jesus Christ. That's that's the most marvelous thing. I can never get over it. Don't understand it, but I can never get over the fact God gives me an opportunity time and time and time again to get it right, to do it right. And He gives you that opportunity as well. Christian, repent and recommit your life to Jesus and surrender to His Lordship, His calling upon your life. And perhaps you are here today and Corinth Baptist Church is where the Lord would have you to be a part of. It's family. Come be a part of it. The church is on the move. Jesus is on the move. Are you moving with him? I trust you will today. Pray with me. Lord, we know and understand your word. So it's it's not a question now. It's not an excuse anymore. We know what you've said. We know what you've called us to do. We know what we must commit ourselves to and we know what we must communicate as believers. God, help us today to renew our commitment with you to be on mission with you. And Lord, for that one here, even one, there may be more, but Those who are here that do not know you have never placed their faith in you, never trusted you as Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, today would be the day that they would see the love of God and feel and sense and know that you are calling them to salvation. God, I pray that today will be the day They surrender their heart and life to you. Lord, for those who believe this is where they should place their membership and serve you through, may today be that day as well. God, move us to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.